soak it in, folks. We get another weekend of football as it dwindles. The conference championship games, 2 o'clock CBS Sunday. Can Lamar Jackson stop Taylor Swift? Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs from marching the way to Las Vegas to the Super Bowl? Find out. Then, later that night, can the Detroit Lions, who are looking to go to a Super Bowl, get after the San Francisco 49ers in rainy Santa Clara? Find out. 5.30 on Fox Sunday night. Rowdy, good morning, brother. How pumped are we for this weekend, baby? Yeah, good morning. So are you going to count the Pro Bowl as a game? No. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) All right, then we only have three NFL games left for the the entire season. Well, I, I think I know the answer. Are you going to count the Pro Bowl as a game? No. No. It's not happening. Are you right, guys going to bet on it? No. No. I, I will admit, last year I bit. I bit. I haven't watched the Pro Bowl, man, in probably 10 to 15 years. I had no interest in it. It was becoming, you know, more and more of a shorts and shirts touch football game. Yes. I bit on some of the Pro Bowl coverage. What were they last even year. doing last year? What are they even doing this? But year? that's the thing. I didn't really watch much of the game. I watched the long drive contest where oh. they were hitting golf balls. I watched the dodgeball. I watched some of the skill Dodge challenges. Ball. Oh, dodgeball. I watched maybe five seconds of the actual Pro Bowl game. I don't even know what they're doing this year. Doing, I don't. E- I don't either. I, I don't even know where it is. Is it in? It's not in I think Hawaii, it's in Vegas. It? Is it? That's. Or will be revealed. Not that it really matters. I don't, I don't know. Oh, I think it's in Orlando. Um, so the complete opposite. <laughs> the twenty. I just had to Google it. The twenty twenty four Pro Bowl games are back in Orlando. I never even knew they went to Orlando to begin with. The reimagined NFL Pro Bowl games presented by Verizon are back, Rowdy. For the first time in three years, the NFL returned to Orlando to celebrate the league's best players. Yeah. Oh, here we go. With skill showdowns and a highly anticipated flag football game. Oh, they so they've officially turned it into flag. Highly a highly anticipated flag football game, mind you. I think it was flag last year too. Uh, now that here. I think about it, the skill showdown is February first, uh, Thursday. If you feel so inclined, and then the Pro Bowl game um, will be on Sunday at uh, two o'clock Eastern. If you feel so inclined, at Camping World Stadium. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, I, don't I think will it, be all in on the uh, conference championship games. Yeah, that's what really matters here. The Chiefs and the Ravens, the Lions and the Niners. Uh, that's both going to be on Sunday. You got CBS uh, for Chiefs Ravens at two, and then you got Fox five thirty. Lions and Forty ers We'll start right here with the uh, first game, Rowdy. Can Lamar Jackson and company and the Baltimore Ravens get it done? I know uh, the Razor's Edge. You were uh, riding with the Chiefs here uh, when it comes to, uh, what are they, plus three did you get them at? Uh, depending three. on where you look, it's three and a half, four. four. So, yeah, Chiefs are definitely the dogs in this one. I was going to ask you, though, before we got into each game, which one are you more interested in watching? <sighs> I want to say Lions just because I kind of want to see them do it, but I think they're going to get spanked. Uh, but I want to see Chiefs-Ravens because I think it will be the better game, but I don't want to be subjected to Taylor Swift. I'm with you with the Taylor Swift, but I, <laughs> I I'm more interested in the Chiefs Ravens. I, no, I am. I, I think it's, the game will be better. I think than the Niners Lions. I think that will be a, a come down to the wire kind of game. Lions and Niners. I think the Niners are going to kind of pound the Lions. You know how we always talked about um, Aaron Rodgers and how good he was for the Packers, especially from like 2010 to like 2017. Yeah. 
that Aaron Rodgers was like peak Aaron Rodgers where, man, if you go back and look, you, you change about one play in a couple of those games, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are playing in three Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you change the, the Julius Peppers telling Miles, uh, or not Miles, uh, Burnett telling Burnett to get down. I mean, they win that game. Uh, What about five minutes later? Brandon Bostic not going for the onside kick. That's let's Jordy field it. They win that game. I mean, that's that's one that they should have won against Seattle. We all remember that game. If Brandon Bostic, I don't even want to go down the road, Rowdy. But yes, that changes the whole outlook of the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And then you know, we move about six years later. Well, what if Kevin King didn't blow his assignment one on one against Scotty Miller down the left sideline? What if Matt Lafleur at Rodgers? Yeah, go for if, a touchdown instead of kick a field goal. Didn't call a timeout and didn't kick the field goal. Yeah, what if Lafleur had a sack? I would say both of those games, you could look at one particular play, and if it went differently, Packers are going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, like I, I get it. We all watched the Falcons game. The Falcons just no, pounded the Packers. There was no play you're going to change there to uh, <laughs> like to circumvent. There's that. a couple of them where I'm realistic. I understand they weren't going to win, but those two games were very winnable. Yeah, um, definitely, man. Especially too because you had what um, at Lambeau, right? Wasn't the Bucks game at Lambeau? The Bucks game was at Lambeau. Yeah, you had so that. Was, uh, was the Seattle one at Lambeau? Doesn't matter. I think. They were one game away in both of them. I think it was on the road. But what I was where I was going with is when we saw Aaron Rodgers kind of at peak Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to go with 2010 to 2017, and then I'm going to go 2020 through 2021. It was basically his best years, and then the two MVP years after the 18 and the firing of McCarthy. We saw Aaron Rodgers take a team for much of that period that was not very talented compared to a lot of the other teams that they were competing against and that they were playing against in a lot of those same games. It's like the movie weekend at Bernie's dragging a dead guy around. The receiving core was nowhere near what he would have wanted and what a lot of Packer fans wanted just in general. The defense was never even really that good. Patrick Mahomes he might have the best defense that he's ever had right now, mm-hmm. but he also has the worst offense. Like you look at their offense. He has a fading Travis Kelsey. He has an up and coming Rasheed Rice. And then it's about Marquez Valdez Scantlin. And there's a couple other wide receivers that might show flashes here and there, but it's not a ton. He's not working with a whole lot. Can he go in and beat the most dominant team in the Baltimore Ravens this season at home? beat Lamar Jackson, beat that defense. Can he do that? Because Aaron Rodgers was never able to take a team that was under, I don't want to say underperforming, but that was lesser, lesser talented. He never quite got a lesser talented team to the Super Bowl. Yeah, he got them damn close. He got them to the conference championship games but he couldn't get them to the Super Bowl. Now, whether that be his fault or not, they came up short. The Chiefs always have a better defense, though, right? 
The Chiefs actually have a good defense yeah. this year. But yeah, this is Patrick Mahomes struggled this year during the regular season for Patrick Mahomes type numbers. Can he beat one of the top five defenses on the road? And the fact that they were the most dominant team in the NFL this season, and they're and the Chiefs are down. How do you stack up the Chiefs running backs to the one the Packers and, and Rodgers had? Chiefs have the edge. Isaiah Pacheco's a nice player. He's pretty good. I mean, Edward Solaire had his time in the sun. Jarek McKinnon is still useful. Um, man, against Rodgers, here's the thing. <laughs> In this run with the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, Rodgers had what James Starks in the Super Bowl. Patrick, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Edwards Hilaire has come and gone. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they they have found some running backs here and there that have performed. I don't know. I don't know if I would say that Patrick Mahomes' head and shoulders has better running backs. And Rodgers in the Super Bowl run, it was James Starks. Yeah, but also in that time period we were talking about some of those games, it was Eddie Lacy before he got fat. Yeah. It was, you know, I don't know. Eddie Lacy good for like a year and a half, two years. Uh, who else was there, Rowdy? Uh, uh, yeah. In that, C- Cedric Benson was there for R- a minute. R.I.P. R- um, uh, you had, let's see, kind of, you kind of had a ragtag crew. <laughs> I know. It's, it's like looking back, it's kind of hard to remember right now. I think that's uh, more looking at the Chiefs be like you guys I don't gotta... I don't know if I would say necessarily that the Chiefs had better running backs if they were slightly better but it's not like they're good. Like, yeah. Pacheco's decent but he's also been hurt and I don't know. I think uh the one big thing the Chiefs defenses have been better and it's definitely good this year. Yeah. Uh let's see here. Aaron Rodgers uh started with Ryan Grant. Here's your here's your your yearly rushing leaders. Started with Ryan Grant, Brandon Jackson, James Starks, Alexander Green, Eddie Lacy, Ty Montgomery, Jamal Williams, and then you get in Aaron Jones. Where it's over. <laughs> Some of those names. Some of those names. Yeah, I would go with the Chiefs are slightly better, but the, it's not like they're a whole lot better. Yeah. I Alexander Green. I'd like vaguely even remember that guy. Do you remember him in 2012? Yeah, I think he had little dreads. Yeah, I like vaguely remember him uh, out of Hawaii. Alexander Green, <laughs> Brandon Jackson too. Um, yeah, Brandon Jackson, and then it was uh, got hurt, and then it was James Starks at the end there. Oh yeah, yeah I remember it. Alexander Green now. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, Rowdy. He's so, only, by the way, he's your age. He's thirty five. He's thirty five. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Kinger said well, he wore number twenty. Uh, yes, he did. So yeah, I'm more to answer your first question, Rowdy. I'm more excited for the game itself the Ravens chiefs that I am the Niners and lions, but I want the lions. I would like to see the lions do it. Like that'd be a really cool story. They're one of the, what one of the four teams that never been to the super bowl, but I don't want to be subjected to the Taylor Swift nonsense. It's fine. It's whatever. I'm not, I'm not like pissed off about it. It's just, you know, kind of annoying at times, but that's my only drawback of chiefs Ravens is the Taylor Swift. Or if they saw show Jason Kelsey chugging beers again, like whatever, I don't really care, but the lions I want to see, go the Ravens chiefs. I just want to see, does that make sense? <laughs> because that game's going to be lit. Yeah. Like I gave out on the razor's edge, the chiefs plus the points. Yeah. I still would rather see the Ravens win. I just, well, would you're like, just betting with your head. Yeah. I just would like the chiefs to lose by three or less. Yeah, only one man can stop Taylor Swift. And his name's Lamar Jackson. Now let's go Lamar. Obviously, I want to watch the Lions and the 49ers game, too. I want to see, you know, where is Dan Campbell really going to stack up? A lot of people, 
you know, on the surface when he was hired, basically said this guy was dumb. This yeah. guy, this guy basically got the job because he was white. Yeah, Jamel Hill was saying that. Yeah, that's that's what a lot of people were saying about Dan Campbell. They didn't think he was legit. He's gonna be a bum. Yeah, they didn't think that he was for real. Turns out he's pretty good. Turns out, yeah, he can he can lead men, and uh, you know what? He's a motivator. Not and only people men. like to follow him. Not only men, Rowdy, but the Detroit Lions who have the the stench of a loser on them. Yeah, and the other thing is, turns out. He actually is pretty good with the X's and O's too. Yeah. He just doesn't he doesn't come off that way as a McVeigh or as a Shanahan. Now I don't know if I would necessarily put him he's in that same type of gruff. company X's and O's. But yeah, he's more of like a guy that you wouldn't think was uh good between the ears. It was more just uh, you know, his voice and his strength. But I don't know, uh Dan Campbell's been pretty good. I actually uh saw the, and heard the other day Dan Campbell, analytically, because he's so aggressive going for two and and making aggressive plays on the field with, you know, going for it, uh, punts versus kicks versus, you know, whatever, he actually was worth the most out of any NFL head coach for giving his team chances to win analytics wise Mm -hmm. when it comes to risking it in game. And now there are times in which, you know, he might've gotten a little bit uh, too aggressive and too risky where maybe it did cost him. But overall he was the the biggest net positive for coaches, understanding underlying analytics going forward and giving his team the best chances to win. So yeah, that game will be interesting because I'm with you. I don't see the Lions winning that game. I mean, the line kind of spells it out. It was seven pretty much all week. It did touch six and a half when Debo sounded like maybe he wouldn't play. Now, yesterday, Debo was at practice, looked pretty good, looked up to speed. Now it's back to seven, looking like it might tip to seven and a half in favored uh, in favor of the uh, 49ers. So clearly they think that the 49ers are going to win handedly. So again, if, if Terry, the King of the North is listening, what do you want him to know about Debo again? Well, he's worth (laughs) at least about a point here, which everyone say, what do you mean? What a point, a point. Yeah. That's what uh, the best players in the league are worth. If you're not a quarterback about a point, maybe, maybe at the most two points at the height of Aaron Rodgers, he was worth more than a touchdown. Wasn't he? Uh, he was worth closer to 10, (laughs) but that was, but that, but you also have to take this into consideration. That was one of the best quarterbacks in the league in that time frame. And it's not like they had some long-term serviceable backup. They were throwing out Brett Hudley. They were throwing out Scott Tolzien. I guess for a little bit, Matt Flynn was there when he was, you know, a respectable backup before he traveled to Oakland and Seattle. Touchdown record. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that was that that ten was because Rodgers was that good and his backups were that bad. Yeah, like yeah. the st- the standard really good quarterback. If Rodgers would have went down, would probably have been like seven or eight points. The standard was the standard, Rowdy, except for the Packers backup quarterbacks. Yeah, <laughs> they were an additional two to three points worse than your standard solid backup quarterback. <laughs> and I think we all saw that. Remember, we were praying for ties when Scott Tolzien would play. Uh, yes, yes. And his, like, please. his his dope spin move actually got a tie with Minnesota. Hey, that thing was sick, though. And he's still turning. What were we praying for when this guy came out? You know, statistically not great. I'll tell you that much. Just I for the game to be over? People had hope, had more hope in Brett Hudley than they did in the Seneca Wallace, Scott well, yeah, but then you saw second it. go around to Flynn. Then you saw it happen with Hundley. And then what were you praying for? Just the game to be over as quick as possible? 
<laughs> Fred for Rogers to come back. <laughs> Can we have some kind of like <laughs> the fountain of youth, please, Rogers? <laughs> Yeah. All right, so we're very excited. Well, um, you know, how about you guys out there? Six away, three, two, and sixteen, seventy. Which uh, game are you most stoked for? Uh, they're both going to be, you know, good games. It's just, the question is, you know, how? I, I just got the, I just got the sneaky suspicion the Lions are going to get blown out. But there, there's a reason why they're in the championship game. Uh, line one. Good morning. Who's this? Boys, I have a brand new take. Vagabond John, up early. Hey, baby. Brand. New take. Yeah, oh. couldn't sleep after figuring this out last night. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm listening. <laughs> well, not that exciting. But was looking at the teams that are still in the playoffs, right, and, and for the NFL, and looking at the 49ers. Boys, the 49ers roster building has been a chaotic mess for the last, like, eight years. You have a team who makes the NFC Championship, then the next season finishes with three wins, gets a top-five pick, then two years later, makes another NFC championship. They've been all over the place. I'm trying to think, you know, how is this team, after whiffing so bad on an awful quarterback play to go get Trey Lance, how is an organization like this able to recover when you have organizations like the Bears that are just pathetic piles of crap for decades on decades <laughs> over, right? So like, how does a good organization do this? And it's all tying back to what Green Bay needs to do as defensive coordinator. You even had John Lynch in church liking tweets about how he hated uh, uh, um, um, Jimmy, Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, and no, no, nothing, and that all worked out for him too. <laughs> it's like, it's like they can do no wrong, despite doing wrong, they can do no wrong. Well, it, they have done incredible service in the eyes of the NFL, and that is why they've been able to hold on. So I didn't realize when people throw around the term compensatory pick, I did, I always thought that those were like seventh round, fifth round. Last year, the 49ers had four compensatory picks in the third round. Isn't it how they judge like what your the talent was that was leaving? Yeah, it's it's like based on what the guys that left where they where they went and signed for. So that was true from 1998 through 2017. In 2017, the NFL added a rule, and this is why you've seen a lot more compensatory picks, that if you hire a non-white coach at any sort of coordinator or positional uh, coach, and they move on and get hired by another team in a higher position, you get a third-round pick as compensatory for adhering to the NFL uh, diversity hiring guidelines. Huh. I saw that. And so, so last season, Robert Sala, um, the, the Dolphins head coach, and there was one other coach mentioned who got picked up by another team. They all moved on from the 49ers and the 49ers got three third round picks in a draft year where they were only supposed to have like, like four picks because of how messed up yeah. the Trey Lance trade hey. ended and, you know, they were only supposed to have two fifths and two sevenths. Johnny, you must have, I just found the article I think you probably were reading. Here it goes. The Niners aren't only excelling on the field, but they're also stockpiling draft picks for developing minority coaches and executives that move on to other jobs across the NFL. Uh, the policy states that any team that develops a diverse candidate who is hired in the position of primary football executive or head coach at another club will receive a compensatory draft pick in the third round in each of the following two NFL drafts. So you look at the head coaches that have been hired so far, right? Out in New England. Um, you know, the, the cat down in Atlanta. 
And I'm sitting here thinking, it's not, it's not black or white. Your defensive coordinator has to be black, right? Like, sorry, Jim Leonard. The Packers would be unwise to hire a white guy at a coordinator position because they lose the competitive advantage of potentially gaining not a seventh-round pick in the throwaway rounds in the third day of the draft, but a third-round pick. I thought that was so interesting, and I can't believe – well, I understand why it's not talked about more, right? I understand why the NFL is not beating their chest, being like, aha, see, the players are making the, the <laughs> NFC championship because they hired non-white guys. You know, it's like, <laughs> what in the world? I saw that, and, you know, I understand why it is. I understand the Rooney rule. I understand all these things. But I thought, man, when I saw the 49ers stacking up three additional third-round picks. Now I should go which, find out way, who those picks are. Uh, yeah, they're not necessarily contributing this year, but but it's it's a matter of, you know, who are the guys playing on special teams. It's a matter of depth. It's a matter of, like, long-term roster building. It just you And you work in the system. Those, you want to work the system. You want to get those top 100 picks like I was talking about earlier this Interesting. week. Interesting. I thought that was kind of a, a yeah, wild this is, take on. This is kind of news when to me, too. A, when you're finding a defensive coordinator and when you're hiring for that, you would be foolish, right? Because if you hire Jim Leonard and he does great for three years and then gets you know an upgrade or goes on to be a head coach or whatever, you get zero. You get nothing in return except for his time and service. Yeah. If you hire a non-white guy, doesn't, you know, anything that's not white, um, then you get a third-round pick in return. And by the way, those picks can be traded uh, when, when this rule, so from 1998 through 2017, compensatory picks couldn't be traded. So you couldn't stack up a bunch and then leverage them to like move back into the first round or whatever. Um, yeah, so this was instituted in 2020, and the Niners had, let's see here, they had Vice President of Player Personnel Martin uh, Mayhew became the GM of the Commanders in January 2021. Then San Francisco saw two of his coordinators, Robert Sala and Mike McDaniel, take head coaching jobs, so they all got third-round picks for that. Then Rand Carthen was San Francisco's Director of Player Personnel, was hired January 18th to be General Manager of the Titans, so they get another third-round pick for that. Wow. Well, it goes deep. It's not just coordinators and coaches, right? Yeah. It's anybody in your organization. Yeah. So it, it, I... I I don't know, boys. I, I saw that, and I'm like, I understand why ESPN wouldn't want to talk about that. But I was kind of like a holy crap moment, because if you were to add, could you imagine, like, just this season, right? We have all this draft on. capital. Yeah. We have, the Packers have all this draft capital, and you walk in, and, you know, if you would have stacked three extra third-round picks, now you're seeing how easy it would be to trade back in the first round. But I just thought... It was an interesting take on roster very building and long-term strategy. It was very interesting, yeah. And uh, one of the picks the 49ers did use was Jake Moody, the kicker. So I, I saw that. I'm like, okay, it didn't really have that much of an impact on this season. It would be inaccurate to say they could have a Super Bowl chance because of this. But it sure is a hell less than the blow of the Trey Lance debacle yeah. when you just get you know an extra three third-round picks left on top. And I think so, Trey Lance, at, Trey Lance kind of evens out the um, – the trade with the Bears for Mitch Trubisky. They, they kind of evened each other out. <laughs> right. All right. Yeah. Well, anyways, boys, I thought that was interesting. Wait, hey, real quick. So, for, uh, so develop, developing these candidates allowed the 49ers to accumulate extra draft picks. The team traded a 2023 second-round pick, a 2023 third-round pick, and a 2023 fourth-round pick, and a 2024 fifth-round pick to Carolina in October for Christian McCaffrey. So some of that of developing that they have within their organization – turned into a Christian McCaffrey trade. 
Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Yeah, right? and he's you white. At, you look at the superstars. <laughs> That's just the cherry on top. So I thought that was interesting. I know Dave from Monona would get an absolute kick out of that one. I think Pete will um, too. I think everyone will. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I, 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 I to be honest, I, like that was that's news to me. Like I didn't, I didn't realize. Isn't it funny um, how nobody wants to talk about it? So, so you hire a bunch of non-white guys, you get a bunch of third-round picks, and you wrap those up, and you get Christian McCaffrey yeah. in turn. Wow! Wow, indeed. That's, that's the narrative. <laughs> what a time to be alive, Vegamon! Right, what a take! Happy, Unbelievable. In, in instead of a score predictor that we can't do anymore because it's no longer football season for us, which is putting Vegamon John into extra seasonal depression. We get uh, Tom Izzo at the Colts Center tonight. We'll be in Section 302 in the nosebleed, so can't wait. You tell Izzo to go pound some sand, okay, when the Badgers win. See you, Vegabon. Absolutely. Later, boys. Robert Sala is of Lebanese descent. Yeah. 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 Hey, RJ. You thought with the last name Sala, he was white? <laughs> I didn't know where he's from. <laughs> I was going to guess Middle East. Yeah. Robert, he was just, Robert was just figuring out exactly where it yeah. was, RJ. I, just, just, I had to look it up. Cause I you, you don't want to assume. Did you find it on your world map? Well, I'm gonna go with yeah, it's in the Middle well, East. Didn't you have to draw like yeah, yeah? But it, RJ, dude, that was like a decade ago. You don't, hey, Rowdy didn't. You, still you don't want to assume, RJ. You don't want to throw to a random country or anything, and all of a sudden you're labeled as something you're not. Well, so Rowdy had to really just Rowdy had to dive, ready to dive in country. and make sure. It's not like I'm the AP and I could confuse Raheem Morris with someone like Jim Leonard. <laughs> yeah, that's where the segment started with I mean, this. Yeah, I could. I mean, they kind of look alike, but not really. Yeah, AP. That the last I checked, it was still up too. <laughs> All right, boys, Michigan State, Tom Izzo coming <laughs> coming to the Cole Center tonight. Let me ask you guys this. We already talked about, obviously, uh, the win over the Minnesota Golden Golfers. That was the Badgers' closest win this year. Yeah. People were uh, – I was talking with Jesse Temple of The Athletic last night for Temple and Heilprin, and we were uh, talking about people saying that was a sign of a team that's one and done or two and done in March Madness because they, they struggled against a, an at-best average team. In the Golden Gophers, Jesse and I uh, totally disagreed with that uh, sentiment, saying that's what you want to see—a team that's battle tested and have multiple ways to win. What the Badgers have won thirteen games, consecutive games, seventeen or by what was it? Uh, what uh, uh, I forget the exact stat, but double digits. And then that game that they had, you had a rock and barn, a crowd against you, a team that you know caught kind of fire in the second half. That's how you get battle tested because they have not yet won quite a game like that. I thought that was a positive and a great sign moving forward for March Madness. What say you guys? I, yeah, I mean, you don't want to go through your entire season like just blowing people out and not having games. Um, it it can be one where you're like, oh well, the bench guys get some minutes and they get used to uh, things, and you can use them down the stretch if they need to due to the experience. Well. I mean, we've seen some of the bench guys that Wisconsin isn't playing right now. They don't really deserve to be out there. Um, <laughs> but, I, I, yeah, it's it's good to have a game like that where you have to scratch and claw for that win. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it Those kind of wins, more so than, like, losses to Arizona like that, uh, that happened in... I mean, Rowdy just mentioned off-air, they lost again last night. Yeah, they um, now have five losses. Yeah, that's but, a really, really good team. Yeah. And somehow they have five losses and yeah, lost on the road last night to a 500 team at the time in Oregon State by three. Yeah. But if you look at all the metrics, 
they still love Arizona and they're still one of the best teams in college basketball. And I think just purely watching them play, there's must've been a few stinkers in there to lose five times, but they're still, (laughs) they're still pretty darn good. Yeah. Like look at what they did to Wisconsin. No, I would say yes and no. Yes, because like RJ said, you're going to need those tough wins because you can build on that and say, see, we didn't do things that well, still found a way to win. We didn't get a great night from our best scorer. We didn't get much, you know, uh, much of an impact from the bench like we had been getting. We still won. We turned the ball over more than what we are used to. We still won. But at the same time, if you play like you did against Penn State or or Minnesota against a tournament team, because I think it's safe to say that both Minnesota and Penn State aren't tournament teams. I know they were both on the road, but in a neutral environment, if you play like that, you could very well be a, a one and done or a you know out in the second round. So I think yeah. it's a it's a yes and no for me. Just you can ask take, Purdue in the tournament. You can take things away and say, this is why this is going to make us better. But you can also say, but if we revert back to playing this way, we could be out quickly in the tournament. Well, let's hear from Greg Gardquick. He talked just on that. Here's Gardo. You know, you have to be able to win games when maybe you're not at your best. I think as you go through a season, just because the season's too long. So find different ways to win. And as I said, good teams always find when they're not quite clicking or in sync at their best on either end of the floor. They find a way to get it done, and that just tells you the fortitude and grit that this group has internally. Did Greg Gard just quote Anthony Rendon there? The season's too long. (laughs) (laughs) No one, no one dislikes baseball more than Anthony Rendon. I think. Yeah, the guy that's been paid hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, Now, Michigan State, what they're on a a three-game win streak as they come into the Kohl Center tonight. Uh, They are one in three on the road, though, and the Badgers are ten and one uh, here at the Kohl Center. Uh, Michigan State, though, I mean, they're having a down year. There's a lot of log jam in the middle of that Big Ten conference, though, you know? A lot of teams that are, what, three or four games back. And you're wondering, you know, can Tom Izzo kind of right the ship here? Are we thinking Michigan State's a tournament team? I, right now, I mean, they're 12 and 7 overall. What, 4 and 4 in the Big Ten? Yeah. They're sitting there in the middle of the road of the Big Ten, but like you said, it's a huge log jam. Like, you look at outside of Wisconsin and Purdue now, you have what? Northwestern sitting there at, uh, and Illinois are sitting there with five and three, and then it's a ton of just four and four or four and five or three and fives. We got a lot of season left to play in the Big Ten to see how that all shakes out. But I mean, I'm looking at Michigan State right now. They have losses against Duke, they have losses against Wisconsin. At Nebraska, you had mentioned um, Northwestern, Illinois. A lot of their losses have come on the road or at neutral sites. They've also lost to Arizona. So they, they've they actually played a pretty tough schedule in looking at this. Now they do, oh, sorry, Roddy. Now they do have... Uh, <laughs> They do have some some wins that are pretty decent right now. So, I mean, looking at it, a win over number six Baylor, that's that's a pretty good win. I would that's say good, right? if I had to guess, if they finish the Big Ten at 10 and 10, what, they would go to 18 and 13? Borderline. That'd probably be how borderline. do they do in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. yeah. So right. I think I think Michigan State right now would be a borderline. Borderline. I know. What a oh, jam, sorry. dude. No, I was singing that too, man. So, yeah, Badgers, what, a uh, half game up on Purdue uh, this week. Uh, well, this month, I should say, for Wisconsin. It's going to be pretty fun. 
as uh, Badgers. Do they have that schedule right? It's Tuesday, Friday coming up a bunch. Uh, it's Tuesday, or Friday two- this week, and then next week it's Thursday, Sunday. They play at Nebraska on Thursday, yeah, and then, then Sunday against Purdue. That's going to be a big one at the Kohl Center. Ooh, baby, you better get ready for that one because uh, uh, you know it's Purdue. On CBS again. Just do they have any more cock games? You guys yep. know. Uh, Ohio State on February 13th is a Peacock game. Oh, okay. It's oh. at the Kohl Center, 8 o'clock tip. Yeah. So this next... Uh, Pre-Valentine's Day plans right there. This month coming up outside of Michigan State tonight, you got Nebraska on the road, Wisconsin, Purdue at the Kohl Center, Michigan on the road. <laughs> Michigan, they stink. Then Rutgers on the road, then Ohio State on the cock, Iowa on the road, Maryland at the Kohl Center, then you finish off February uh, at Indiana. They have a very doable schedule. I know they play Purdue twice here yep. to end the season, but they only play Illinois once. At home. And it's at, yeah, it's at home. So they they have a very winnable schedule moving forward. Boys, think of the last game of the season on March 10th. It's against Purdue on the road. Honestly, that could, that could be for the Big Ten. That could be for the Big Ten. Yeah, that's going to be lit. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Your conference championships going down. See here. And speaking of it going down, why not talk to the beautiful mind, the beautiful gambling mind of Dave Esler? David! Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing, brother? Hey, uh, I don't know. But, you know, before we get into it, I, I, want, to, I want a big thank you for the Madison traffic update. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, man. I, you know, I'm a voice. We're the voice of the people here, and also, you know, we do traffic for the people too. Uh, hey, you know, it just doesn't get any better to wake up to Madison, Wisconsin traffic. Down Can there. you give me a? Uh, we actually have some uh, um, some listeners in Florida. Uh, there's one in West Palm Beach named Craig. Um, I don't know if you know the traffic on that, but could you give me the traffic <laughs> report of Florida right now, Dave? In your neck of the woods? Uh, uh, no, I can't. Um, you know, <laughs> well, look out your window. <laughs> Uh, I live in a subdivision. So, okay, how, well, how's um, the traffic out there? Sparse? No, it's clear. Clear, sunny, no, no weather issues. Um, so everyone's moving along at posted speeds just fine? Drive as fast as you want. <laughs> yeah, no cops around. Drive as fast as you want. Uh, whip some crappies around, and you'll be good to go. <laughs> there you go. Dave, football, you go. football's you should, dwindling. You should come to Florida. I, I think know. one of us might be Dave. Dave, yeah, football's uh, dwindling here, man. We just have the the conference championship games now. I'm a little sad. Well, how are you feeling about it? Um, okay, I guess. I mean, I've had a pretty good NFL year, and I'm doing reasonably well in college basketball, so I'm not too too shy about it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you know, in all all honesty, I look forward to a change. You know. Yeah. You, get, you get looking at the same websites and the same information and the same Twitter feeds and you know let me let me look at something else for a little while and then a couple months into that I'll get bored and well, you know Dave want, Dave before we jump yeah. into this uh, this is more reason why you should probably come to Wisconsin move to Wisconsin because if you like change boy do we love our seasons here you just got, got about like one season in Florida how about you come to Wisconsin and enjoy all four mm. I love your season there. <laughs> Um, I don't think so. Maybe, maybe, maybe in July for a golf tournament. There you go, Dave. Hey, Dave. Speaking of uh, 
of this weekend, then let's just jump right into Chiefs Ravens. What are you thinking? What do you got? Rowdy, he's going with uh, the Chiefs on this one. Rowdy, what'd you give it out at? What was it? Yeah, at? it was when we gave it out yesterday, it was going back and forth between three and a half and four. What do you think, Mr. Essler? Yeah, you know, I I took the Chiefs plus three and a half. I'm obviously leery because it's pretty much four everywhere. Um, I do agree with Rowdy because of it. Uh, I think he, he likes the under. Um, and. I'm, I'm I'm reluctant, but we should see a bunch of rain in that game. I'm just now, looking at it right now, Dave. It's touch four and a half. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, if I'm screwed, I'm screwed. I, you know, just bet against me and take Baltimore. <laughs> if I'm um, screwed, I'm screwed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been doing this too long to like. Oh well, it is what it is. But you know, and I and I waited because I didn't want to fall victim to recency bias Sunday night. Uh, so I waited till Monday, and and I took Kansas City. I mean, I know Baltimore's been super dominant lately, but other than the time when they beat the Forty ers pretty badly, which is a great win, you know they haven't they haven't beaten anybody really good. And I, I look at history here. I mean, the Forty ers aren't aren't Texas. They aren't young. I mean, the Chiefs rather aren't aren't Texas. They aren't young. And uh, I love experience in the playoffs, and I kind of like it over talent. I know. I, I guess talent-wise, I would put these teams probably close to even. But you know, Lamar's lost to the Chiefs three out of four times. Uh, and the only time he won was by a point. So if that happens again, I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, but I also look at uh, what Mahomes has done. You know, he's 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 thrown for over 340 yards three of those four games against Baltimore with a, a passer rating of 131 or better. So you know, I, I think this comes down to who I trust and. I trust Spagnolo. I mean, I was a, I was a, a I was participating live in his uh, Giants win over the Patriots in 2007 when they went for undefeated. Mm. So I trust him to come up with something to slow Baltimore down. Uh, I trust uh, Mahomes. I trust Reed. I don't trust Lamar. I mean, you don't trust you know, he, Lamar. No, I mean he, he he seems to come up with the the big turnover at the wrong time. I mean he's famous for put, putting the ball on the ground and if it's going to rain, there's more likelihood that that might happen. And, you know, if Kansas City just goes balls out to stop the run, I, I don't trust him throwing the ball. Um, but, you know, the market is saying otherwise, but I do like to keep the Kansas City. Dave, you're a beautiful gambling mind. Set the uh, prop bet for me over under on how many times Taylor Swift is showing on the broadcast. Probably less than you think anymore because I've noticed, you know, I mean, when it all started, it was, you know, 15, 20. I mean, unless, of course, Jason Kelsey's there, too. Yeah. That could, that could, you know, that would be the variable. I, I would make the bet knowing, knowing where he's going to be. They'd probably be there. Um, if he's there, uh, maybe indirectly it'll go over. Otherwise, I think it'll go under. I think too many people are too pissed off at seeing her. And, you know, now that's one of the reasons everybody doesn't want the Chiefs to win. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I mean, I think that uh, if 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 Kansas City wins, uh, she'll be in, I believe, Japan for her Eras tour wow, during the Super Bowl. And she, yeah, and, and uh, I, I heard she's going to fly back if they get into the Super Bowl. So that'd be a cool story. So go, go Chiefs, go. Did not take Dave Esser for a Swifty. All right, Dave, moving on. <laughs> Sunday. Little... I just, 
I just spend way too much time on social media. <laughs> Don't we all, Dave? Hey, Dave, moving on to on Fox at five thirty our time. Lions Niners. Uh, what do you, I have? Just this this feeling that the nine or the Lions are going to get blown out. What does Dave Esser think of this game? You know, I waited until I kind of knew if Debo was going to play. He makes that offense go. He gives them a dimension they don't have without him. And it looks like he's going to go. He looked good in practice yesterday. Uh, he was cutting and running pretty well. He was limited, but the fact that he's on the field is is good enough for me. Uh, and if he's going to play, I have to agree. And I think one of the, you know, all the arguments are so public anymore because there's only two games. But I think what tips the scales for me is the fact that Goff played in the NFC West for a number of years. So the 49ers and the coaching staff have seen plenty of him. I don't think they'll make the mistake that Tampa Bay made. I mean, Tampa Bay, you know, blitzed the crap out of out of the quarterback in this, their first game at home, and, and then they didn't do much of that when they played Detroit. And that was a little bit concerning. I think maybe they they outfunk the room there because they figured, well, Detroit thinks we're going to blitz, so we're not. I mean, I think they should have, and I don't think San Francisco will make that mistake. So I'm with you. I, 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 it's hard not to take the points. That's a lot of points, but you know, taking up over seven to seven and a half is, you know, it takes decent money to do that. I, I think I would, I would be with you and take San Francisco. And I think one thing to your point about. Blitzing Jared Goff, we've seen in the past, especially when he was younger, you get him off of his spots, he's a much different and a much worse quarterback. But you look at the Detroit offensive line, Ragnow now has a sprained knee and a sprained ankle, has yet to practice, and I believe it was Jonah Jackson, their guard, also not expected to play as he slightly tore his meniscus and had to have minor meniscus surgery. If you are potentially down two offensive linemen, and that's a good offensive line protecting Jared Goff. Man, that could be really tough sledding for up the the Lions up front. Well, yeah, and the Lions are also used to playing on in, you know in a dome, which obviously it's outside; it's not going to be freezing there. But the fast track of the turf on the dome versus San Francisco, which, as we know, is historically a slow field, and um, and I wouldn't be surprised if the groundskeepers let the grass grow an extra half inch. Um, with Western the, style. Knowing, knowing that, so, Dave, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I could argue the other way, but I, I would, I would, uh, I would. If you made me, I would have to agree with you, Evo. The Forty ers are probably the the best bet there. Dave will never make you do anything, brother. Besides that one time when I tried to make you come up to Wisconsin and shovel my driveway, Dave. Any, yeah. any prop bets out there you got besides the uh, the Taylor Swift cam? Any prop bets for some of the players here? Rowdy was throwing some out earlier today and yesterday. Yeah, I tend to agree with him. Um, I think, um, you know, I'd be tempted to take uh, Laporta unders because the 49ers are the fourth or fifth best defense against tight ends, um, and the Lions are maybe not, so I would maybe – Agree with Rowdy. I think he's got a couple of George Kittle props, so I'm, I'm thinking those are those are probably there. And you know, I might consider Debo unders because you know if he's not a hundred percent, then you know he'll be out there. I don't want to say he's going to be a decoy, but you know they would uh, perhaps not put him in in uh, jeopardizing situations for if they wanted to go to the Super Bowl. So um, I'm thinking. 
Debo will just give them that other dynamic that maybe they won't use. I don't know. What are your thoughts on a prop with, I know when you're talking about Baltimore, they do have a a lot of guys that can spread the football around to, but Mark Andrews is expected to play in this game and he hasn't played in a while. I I figure most people would think, oh, Mark Andrews is playing. Mark Andrews is arguably one of the best tight ends in football. I'm going to take his overs. I don't necessarily know about that. Yeah, well, I would take the under just because everybody thinks that way, and I would wait until Sunday morning because you know that number is 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 going to be thrown out there higher than it probably should be, and it will probably be even higher. And it doesn't take a lot of money to move a prop. I mean, you know, fifty or hundred bucks will you know make a prop that go up a yard or two or a half a catch. So I would say the value would be on the under, you know, having said that he'll have eight catches for 120 yards and two touchdowns, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping not because I want the chiefs, but yeah, those, those obvious ones, I would tend to go the other way on almost all of them. Dave, I have a couple of questions that people want me to ask you. I don't know if you, it's your forte. Uh, one says, can you ask Dave who's, 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 who he's got in the Royal rumble tomorrow. <laughs> that's from, that's from your guy, Steven Edgerton. You want to? Oh, Steve. Oh, Steve. Oh, Steve. Oh, Steven. Um, you know, I don't know, but <laughs> did, I not see where, did I not see where the WWE uh, uh, signed a $5 billion deal with Netflix? Was there something about that? I, I don't get, remember. Yeah, they did get ready for your Netflix uh, payments to increase, Dave, with that one. And then uh, somebody yeah, else. I'll, I'll, yeah. take, I'll, take all, I'll take all the favorites, Steve. Sounds good. And then, Dave. All right, there you go. Uh, the Kinger says, could you ask Dave who he thinks will sign Bill Belichick? He put it all his eggs nobody. in the Atlanta Falcons uh, basket, and that didn't really work out for him. Yeah, probably nobody right now. I mean, he could sit out of here. Um, I, you know, I'm a, little, I'm a little surprised, and then again, I'm not. Um, I'm, I'm surprised because I thought people would, would, would grab him up. But, you know, the, the, I think that the last few years and what he did or didn't do with developing a young quarterback was probably a little bit telling. Um, you know, any team he would go to, like if he'd have gone to the Falcons, well, we don't even know who their quarterback is. Um, he's probably going to have to deal with a younger quarterback. In other words, you know, he's not going to Buffalo and, 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 and have Josh Allen. Or, well, maybe he is. I don't know. They're probably not too happy with McDermott. But, you know, it's unlikely that he would go to a team that has an established quarterback capable of winning the Super Bowl. And I think that's probably the rub. Uh, you know, and to his defense, he wanted to trade Mac Jones, but Robert Kraft wouldn't let him. Uh, but still, you know, they've had ample opportunity to uh, bring somebody in that would show some semblance of being able to play in the NFL, and he hasn't. So I think that probably has a lot to do with it. Dave, last question. For- then, uh, oh, sorry. Maybe, maybe, maybe Bill wants total control and the team won't give it to him. I don't know. Dave, last question for you. Um, maybe looking at some futures here. Um, curious. The Milwaukee Bucks obviously fire Adrian Griffin, and they hire Doc Rivers. What do you think that does uh, in the eyes of a championship if you want to put some money on the Bucks of winning it all? Well, he doesn't have great numbers in the in the playoffs and in the finals, but you know he is a defensive coach. You know, I I was watching the Celtics for many years when he was there. Uh, he can he can coach defense, and I think that's probably what the Bucks need more than anything. You know the ability to stop people and 
So I think it's a great hire, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and truly, um, this is probably not the worst bet you could make. And for uh, a little cherry on top, I did take the Badgers tonight. <laughs> Dave, my, you know how to you know how to butter my bread, Dave. That's what I'm talking about. Badgers all the way. They're they're hot, so hot. So are you, Dave? David? Yeah, well, I mean, Michigan State, you know, since conference, I, you know, I'm a little leery of Wisconsin's defense since since conference play started. It's been, I'll just say, suspect. Um, but the uh, Michigan State offense hasn't been elite, and we obviously know that. I mean, Wisconsin's number one in the Big Ten in uh, in almost every category offensively. So That's right, baby. I think at home they get it done, and I think they're shooting about 81% in conference play from the free throw line. So if it comes down to a, a ticky tack last 30 seconds, I would give Wisconsin the edge if they're up by a couple. So I, I like the badges. I'm, I was reluctant, but I think, I think probably they did it taken care of. Greg guard, the silent assassin. Get ready, Dave. Hey Dave, we love you, man. I want you to have a great weekend and you're going to win all your bets. All right. I can feel it. And then um, we'll be just celebrating uh, next Friday when we reconvene. All right, my man. Well, I think we'll be reconvened, and uh, two, two of the three of us will be here. So, sorry, RJ. More, um, will, more will be revealed, right, Dave? Yes, it will. Dave, we love you, buddy. Have a great weekend. All right, love you guys. Peace. Stay warm. Wow. See you, buddy. There he is, Dave Esser. Dave on Twitter. A new winner's day coming out today. Right, Rowdy? Yep. Gotta love a good conspiracy. And Rowdy, yeah, Conspiracy Theory Friday. Still a thing that floats around here from time to time. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was on this a while back, and then you did a little digging. I think it was last week. Uh, just jog the memory here. The Super Bowl conspiracy, Rowdy. You got the the numbers and the list in front of you. Yeah, obviously for all the Super Bowls, they always come up with the logo with what number the Super Bowl is, and they have little artwork around it. Normally it's like the Super Bowl trophy, and they, they spell out whatever year it is in Roman numerals. Mm-hmm. Well, they started doing it a little differently a couple years ago, and they started having like a two-toned graphic of the the year and the the trophy. Well, since they started doing that, two seasons ago, the logo came out and it was like a burnt orange on top and a yellow on the bottom. Well, that season was a gradient. Yeah, that season, who made it to the Super Bowl? Well, that would be the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. The Bengals clearly are a burnt orange colored team, and the Rams' secondary color after being blue is yellow. Yep. So that was, yeah, it is what it is, right? Coincidence? Okay. Well, then last season, they came out with this logo. It was Philadelphia Eagles green and Kansas City Chief red, and there was green on top. Red on the bottom. And that's an interesting green for the Eagles, too. And that was the exact green that they had on there. And who made it to the Super Bowl? The Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. And once again, the color on the bottom, well, that was the winner. Yep. Now we look at the the Super Bowl that was uh, the Super Bowl logo that came out for this year's Super Bowl. It's red on top. And it's purple on the bottom. And what teams would those be, Rowdy? Well, the teams that are left that fit that bill, the only team that could fit that bill in purple was Baltimore. What, the only other purple team is Minnesota? They didn't even make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So Baltimore and San Francisco. 
Are we? And Baltimore purple is on the bottom. So if you stay with the team that wins is is the the color on the bottom. It says that it would be a San Francisco Baltimore <laughs> Super Bowl and Baltimore color being on the bottom, Baltimore would win. Rowdy, you said first year coincidence. Okay. Second year coincidence. We'll see if it's uh, for a third time. Will it be coincidence if it all pans out the way it has the last two years? Or will it be the jig is up? The NFL scripted. <laughs> I love that theory. Oh, that's fun. That's, I saw some people like on Twitter talking about like the, the NFL wanting the chiefs to be in the Super Bowl because of the Taylor Swift and obviously how much eyes that she brings to the television for people that normally don't watch football. That I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah. All the Swifties and people that listen to her music are now saying they know who Travis Kelsey is and they get a lot of money through it too. And I saw some Big people bank. asking the question, you know, does the NFL want to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? Is the NFL rigged for the Chiefs? Because, I mean, if you watch some Chief games, they have a pretty good offensive line. But, my God, do they get away with a lot of holding. You ain't lying there, brother. Now, the, and Mahomes gets every call. The answer that I saw from somebody that quote tweeted that was, yes, I'm sure the NFL would like the Taylor Swift Kansas City Chiefs to make it there because of all the eyes. It would probably be, again, the biggest Super Bowl ever. But no, I don't know if it's fixed because there's so many billions of dollars when it, if it was, when the uh, the fix is in and, and the joke is up, mm-hmm. they're going to lose billions and billions and billions of dollars because not, not people won't be as interested. Yeah. Here's the thing. For the next Super Bowl, after not this one coming up, but the one after, uh, Kinger dropped this little nugget. Purple and green next year, since it will be New Orleans. So you know what that means? Jets and Vikings in the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's purple and green, who are the teams with the purple colors? It's the Vikings and it's the uh, Ravens again. Or we go rowdy Packers. Yeah, green. What, you got the Jets, you have the Packers. Packers, Ravens. Super Would you Bowl. consider Jacksonville green? They're like a, I'm going to say like Miami, teal. Miami's teal. The Chargers are like a lighter blue. What are the Jags? Like a black and teal? I don't consider them green for the Jags, do you? They have green in it. Yeah, they're not like a teal to me. But I'm going to go Packers, Ravens, Super Bowl, if that's the case, if the conspiracy theory is true. And give me Packers with Jay Love getting it done with uh, a new DC who brings a, a punch um, coming in. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, and green is on bottom. Packers win Super Bowl. There you go. Book it now, folks. Jordan Love. And it can't be. It- it can't be, if it's going to be the Packers, it can't be the Vikings in the Super Bowl. You'd be correct. That's the if, NFC. If it's going to be the Jets, then it can't be Baltimore in the Super Bowl. Yep. Packers taking down the Ravens in the Super Bowl next year. Uh, but uh, the go around on Sunday, Rowdy, uh, you said you bet with your head with the Chiefs, but you want, uh, what, Hart say the Ravens and Lamar Jackson? Correct. And I mean, I, I still wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore did win that game in a close game. I just like the fact that I'm getting over a field goal with Patrick Mahomes, a guy that's only lost twice. Yeah. Or sorry, he's only lost to two quarterbacks in the playoffs. Joe Burrow once in overtime by a field goal. Once in overtime to Tom Brady and the Patriots, and then in the Super Bowl to Tom Brady. Those are he's thirteen and three in the in the playoffs. Like the guy doesn't lose. He's pretty good. 
And did you know that if he won the playoff or if he won the Super Bowl this year, he would be in third place alone for playoff wins. Wow. In the history of the NFL, the only two quarterbacks he'd be behind, Tom Brady and Joe Montana. Uh, that's and good if, company. And, it, and by the way, if he wins the Super Bowl this year, you know how many games or I guess wins in the playoffs he'd be behind Joe Montana? One. <sighs> One. He already has as many as Brett Favre. He already has as many as Peyton Manning. He's got more than Aaron Rodgers. The dude is 28 years old. Yeah. In theory, he could play for another 13 years. What's crazy, too, is they're doing a kind of a lesser offense this year, too, uh, wide receiver-wise. Now, I did look into the – because I was went down this rabbit hole, and I looked into the Kansas City Chiefs roster. Patrick Mahomes – he, he does start to get really expensive against the cap, and they have guys like Chris Jones, who's up for a contract this year. They have guys like Willie Gay Jr., who's one of their really good inside linebackers that are up for a contract. Legereus Sneed, their best corner, is up for a contract. So they're going to have to start dishing out money. And, oh, by the way, Kelsey's not getting any younger, and he's not getting any more cheap because his, his numbers go up to like 19 million and 20 million a year. Did you see the little rumor that he could retire after the this season? Yeah, he put that to bed. He said he was going to play next Is year. He okay. Uh for 19 and a half million when I was looking at it, I think I could figure out a way to play again. And then the following season for over 20 million, nearly 21, I think I could find yeah, a way to. He's too. got a sugar mama now, man. I mean, hell, Taylor Swift's cat is worth more net worth than Travis Kelsey. He's got a sugar mama and a sugar kitty cat. But yeah, I don't see him. I don't see him hanging. It but up. yeah, the Chiefs, the Chiefs. It's going to be interesting to see what they do the next couple of years with some of these bigger cap hits from Mahomes and some of these big time players that are cornerstones on their team coming up in free agency where they're going to have to sign them and there's no way they're going to be able to keep them. I think I saw that projected next season going into the year they have 27 million in cap space, which is a decent amount, and they can always restructure and max restructure to to open up more space. But there's no way you can sign a Chris Jones, a Legarius Sneed, a Willie Gay, and and like some of these guys that are legit players. You can't sign them all. You're going to lose some of them. But then when Patrick Mahomes gets to, I think it was like 33 to 36, he does become really cheap again against the cap, and they would be able to reload. But the next, I think it was the next two to five years could be tougher for the Chiefs, depending on what they do. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, we'll get to the other game too coming up here. I just thought that was wild. It was, it was wild. He wins He's the so Super good. Bowl, and at 28 years old, the only guys with more playoff wins are Montana and Brady. Yeah. Now Montana has 16 playoff wins. Tom Brady has 35. <laughs> you know who's the only person that might have a shot at catching Tom Brady? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. 35. Tom oh, and Brady. you know who else? Uh, has quite a few playoff wins. I know it was talked about a little earlier this year, but it's such a WTF. Whomst? Joe Flacco. Yeah. Is he elite or not? Joe Flacco. He has double digit wins in the playoffs. Super Bowl winner, man. Joe Flacco. Joe Cool. All right, Rowdy. More than Robert Staubach. More than Joe Flacco. Brett Favre. Peyton Manning. He's 28. It's a crazy world, eh? The coaching carousel. Hot. Man, Bill Belichick put a lot of eggs in that uh, Atlanta Rams, or Atlanta Rams, Atlanta Falcons basket. And Raheem Morris, the Rams DC, is now head coach of the Falcons. What the hell is Bill Belichick going to do? I'm actually really surprised that no one's jumped at Bill Belichick. Now, we had our gambling guy, Dave Essler, on earlier, and he's a big Patriots fan originally from the Boston area. And what did he say? He thinks that maybe it's because 
he'd need a team with an experienced quarterback that's that's pretty solid. Or maybe it would be because he would want more control as in the head coach and the GM position like he currently was in New England. I don't know. I'm surprised that no one's jumped. I still think it's an absolute fever dream to think he comes to Green Bay and and is the defensive coordinator. Yeah, I saw a lot of people joking, like putting a picture of Matt LaFleur and Bill Belichick together after uh, Morris was hired. Now, I will say this. As more and more teams pass on Bill Belichick, if he still wants to coach this season, I mean, obviously that increases the likelihood. Well, there's two openings still left. The Washington Commanders. (laughs) There's no quarterback there. (laughs) Yikes. Or the Seattle Seahawks. And that's Geno Smith. Yeah. It's not necessarily. And they just moved on from a coach who was old. What's 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 Carroll seven? I think is he is he like a couple months younger than Bill Belichick? No, he's older. Or a couple I months older. Set, I think he's like, I think he's a couple years older. Let's see, Pete Carroll, or maybe it's a year older. Pete Carroll was born. They're in their. They're both in their seventies. September fifteenth, nineteen fifty-one, at the age of seventy-two. And I think Belichick's seventy-one. Billy Belichick was born April sixteenth, nineteen fifty-two, age seventy-one. So just barely Pete Carroll with the edge there. The spot where if you were looking for a good quarterback and some pieces was probably the Chargers, but obviously Jim Harbaugh got that job. Uh, the reason why I think he liked Atlanta was the up-and-coming defense that they had. They they do have some players on defense, and let's be honest, Atlanta has some players on offense. They just don't use them. <laughs> like yeah. Arthur Smith l- loved to run the football, which is, is weird because they drafted B. John Robinson in, what, the top 15 picks? great running back out of Texas and then decided to hand Tyler Algier a fifth round pick out of BYU a few years ago, the ball instead of B. John Robinson, <laughs> even though B. John Robinson had better stats. Um, what they have uh, Drake London, pretty good wide receiver out of USC. They have uh, Kyle Pitts, the stud tight end out of Florida that everyone loved in fantasy when he was a rookie. And then they figured out that Atlanta wouldn't get him the football and he's now pretty irrelevant. Like they they have pieces, they have a decent offensive line, but again, there was no quarterback there. Yeah, what's your take on Ritter? Not good, <laughs> not great, Bob. <laughs> and then I don't know the Commanders, man. I that's a mess. That's tough. That 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 whole organization. I know that it was obviously just sold within yeah, the past new, year. New owners, but you need a new head coach. I I am not a how. Howl believer. You don't howl at the moon. I don't howl at the moon. The defense started trading <laughs> pieces <laughs> off and it, it was a horrible defense just in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you have for real weapons? You think Vrabel goes Seattle? I think Vrabel's going to be a head coach. Yeah. I don't know. Like I know. I think it was, I think it was when I was uh, doing some of the, the work after the show in the office with the, the Bill Michaels show on, and he was he's he's been all in on firing Ryan Day still. Oh, and yeah. he was talking about Vrabel potentially trying to get to Ohio State. I don't see. Okay, I, I, we've talked about this. If Luke Fickle did not come to Ohio or to Wisconsin, or maybe he even leaves in the future for Ohio State, I would take a Ryan Day in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, at Wisconsin. Oh yeah. yeah. Ryan Day absolutely dominated Michigan when he first started being the head coach at Ohio state. And then he's lost three straight. Well, his boogeyman's gone. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh is gone. There's probably going to be sanctions. Who knows how many recruits leave. 
Have you seen what the Ohio State Buckeyes have been doing this offseason in the transfer portal? Let alone, we know that they're always like a top five te- team recruiting in the they're country. Like Thanos with the Infinity Stones. Dude, they've been grabbing like they've grabbed like uh, now. I don't think Will Howard is that great, but he was in, you know, by, I guess, evaluators was one of the better quarterbacks in the portal. They grabbed. Uh, one of the better quarterbacks that had committed to Alabama. Yep. They grabbed the best running back in the portal out of Ole Miss and Jukins. I mean, they grabbed like, I think it was another safety out of Alabama. That was a stud. Like they have went in there and dominated. So I I don't think Ryan day is doing his job anytime soon. Now, if they lose to Michigan next year, and Michigan has sanctions, and it, they did, they lost guys in the recruiting process, then fired. I think we can look at it. But I think his job's pretty safe. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, does Vrabel want to go? I feel like it comes down to, does Vrabel want to go to Washington or Seattle? Because if I'm, especially if I'm Washington, I'm I'm pulling the trigger. Yeah. I just don't know if he wants to go there. Who wants to go there? Would you sit out a year? Big Mike sat out a year. Yeah, the Mike McCarthy project. Bill Belichick. Time's kind of ticking on him. He looks like he's seventy-one. Oh, they're playing. Mu- Bill Belichick's playing musical chairs, and he's going to be left without a chair here. Very good for Billy. Yeah, say Seattle does pull the trigger on Vrabel. Bill Belichick's only option is Washington. Oh, and I, I, I still don't see him wanting to take just a defensive coordinator role with that record in play and him being seventy-one years old. What does he need? Like four? How many more wins? Like fourteen more wins or something like that? Um, yeah, it was like enough where it would probably take it would probably take him two seasons. Yeah. Our Billy B, one of the greatest to ever do it out there floating in the wind. I did a little digging. Joe Barry will be interviewing at the Eagles for the linebackers coach position have not heard exactly what it is for the Chicago Bears. Well, that's the thing. I wouldn't mind having Joe Barry on the staff coaching a position, just not not the head guy. So Barry was on the Rams staff, and then when Brandon Staley was hired for, or, sorry, the, the Chargers staff, excuse me, and when Staley was hired to be the Chargers coach, he brought along one assistant with him from the Rams, and that was Joe Barry, as he joined Staley as defensive passing game coordinator and linebackers coach. Well, there's levels to this game, right? Obviously, you can be a really good head coach in the college football ranks and not be a very good coach in the NFL. Yeah. Like, Chris had trivia just the other day where he said how many coaches, you know, have won a Super Bowl trophy and a, you know, college football national championship. There's only three of them. Most of the coaches that were good in college, they don't cut it at the NFL level. I mean, look at... Look at so many guys that are either a head coaches for a short time and they're never there again, or they rise to the ranks of an offensive or defensive coordinator and they don't cut it. Joe Barry, he's good enough to be an NFL coach and is solid enough to coach specific positions, whether that's going to be like a defensive backs coach or a linebackers coach. He was good enough at doing that for essentially 30 years. He's just not good enough to be a D coordinator. He's just, he's good at, at staying in a lower level coaching position. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. that's, that's his niche. Yep. He's a solid positions coach. He's not a D coordinator. So Staley, who's interviewing for the Packers DC. Now I saw this just pop up the lone year that Brandon Staley was the DC for the Rams. They ranked number one against the pass. Number one in yards allowed. Number one in points allowed. 
They were second in the league in sacks, and they were third against the run. But, Brody, who was on that Rams team defensively? That was a complete juggernaut. Yeah, Aaron Donald <laughs> would have for sure been on that team, and he might also had in the secondary Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. We'd have to check the years, but... I. I think you're right. That was a top five corner and the best pass rusher and defensive lineman in the NFL. That helps a lot. It does help a lot. Uh, big time. Now, some of the other names we were talking about yesterday, Rowdy, um, some people are like, well, I don't want to retread. I don't want an older guy. Uh, a lot of people are saying it would be a position coach uh, from somewhere. And you were hot on what um, from the Panthers. Jiro Evero. Evero. And he, he actually interviewed with the Packers. Uh, this- some say he was hired by the Falcons. <laughs> Oh, sorry. The AP screwed up the photos. <laughs> yeah, to, to, tell the folks what happened out there. They missed it. Raheem Morris was hired by the Atlanta Falcons. And these, speaking of Jags, at the AP, and it, uh, and it might have been another publication, they use Evero, or Ejiro Evero's photo wearing a Carolina Panthers hat yeah. as the cover photo for Raheem Morris being hired. Tough luck. Very tough from the AP right there. I don't even know how you screw that up. I don't understand it. I don't get it either. Uh, it, that And that tweet, I, it might still be up, but that tweet was up for a long time. But yes, yesterday. he was not hired as the head coach as the Atlanta Falcons. He is still on the market. And it, I think it increases the likelihood that he could be uh, hired away because Falcons did just hire a, a new coach. It was the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Bucks. So he, he uh, interviewed a bunch when... It was, you know, Joe Barry and Jim Leonard, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so he was there interviewing too. Our, uh, Bob just says in here, the Panthers won't uh, even let the guy do interviews. We'll see. Yeah, I didn't I, I didn't see if they were blocking interviews or not uh, from him, but, you know, that would be a nice little pick. And plus, he was already interviewing before for the Packers. If it happens again, maybe nice. I think there's a more likelihood that they end up letting him go because it's a new coaching staff mm-hmm. where – Maybe they're going to want to bring in all of their guys, but I could a hundred percent understand them keeping him. He has been really good at, at defensive coordinator for the Panthers. Well, here's a question: Our guy Pack Fan Ryan just tweeted me. What's up, brother? So, if the Packers finish worse than tenth in defensive scoring, should the new DC get canned? Because he was on the Joe Barry hype train, if I remember correctly. And what Joe Barry finished scoring wise, tenth. Uh, no, they're not. They wouldn't hire a guy just to fire him right away, right, Rowdy? Well, unless they got one really south. Yeah, I don't know exactly how the Packers would carry their um, paying of salaries, but I doubt they would want a buck situation. Milwaukee buck situation. Yeah, a Milwaukee buck situation where you're paying Budenholzer, Griffin, and Doc Rivers. That's a lot of funny money right there. I saw that it was going to be, for those three, for the rest of the season, it was like $18 million. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> hey, good thing the NBA's got some deep pockets.